This podcast was presented by the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Centers, also known as The Caring Place. www.caringplace.org. Welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program with all the good news and more. Brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers, where caring for the needy, feeding the hungry, and changing lives happens every day. Now here are your hosts for Mission Possible, Ron and Marilyn Brummett. Good morning, South Florida, and welcome to Mission Possible, the good news program brought to you by the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. We're known as the Caring Place, and we've been caring for people who've experienced homelessness for 99 years. That's a long time. That's quite, quite a legacy. Good morning again. I'm Ron Brumman. I happen to be the president of the Miami Rescue Mission and Broward Outreach Centers. I've been here 30 years. It's an honor. It's a joy. It's a privilege. Uh, and it's just amazing to see what happens in our centers in Miami and Hollywood. Uh, it's just awesome to know that thousands and thousands of lives have been touched and transformed in my three decades uh, out of the nine, almost 10 decades that the mission has been in existence. And, and again, we can't do all the things that we do. It's not a one man shop. We have a tremendous dedicated staff. Uh, we have wonderful volunteers. We have people in the business community, people in our faith community. Everyone is necessary uh, to help us do all the things that we can do. And one way you can start off, this is a, this is the uh, day before March 1st. This is the last day of February. And this February has been our heart for the homeless campaign. You know, we had Valentine's Day a couple weeks ago. We had special activities in all of our centers to let the people, the men, women, and children that are there know that, they, that they're loved that people in the community are, are concerned about them and it's a better future. We even reached out to the homeless that are in our streets, uh, very did it very precautiously, but gave them uh, treats and bags and, and Valentine cards and encouragement to get off the street. And again, we can't do all that we do without financial support too. So this is our last day. I wanted to end it with, uh, uh, with a bang. If you'd be so kind to go to caringplace.org slash heart. That's our heart for the homeless page. A donation page is caringplace.org slash heart for $2.10. Uh, what can you get really today with $2.10? Uh, you can provide one nutritious meal, and I think almost everyone can do that. Uh, if And some of you can do much more. For $21, that's 10 meals. And maybe there's someone listening this morning uh, that can do a 1,000 meals. And that would be just off the chart. We've had people do that and surprised us. We've had to call back again. Did you mean a thousand meals or 10 meals? And, and so that's one way you can help. And then another tremendous way that people are helping right now, even during the pandemic, even during with all the doom and gloom and the negativity, there are still many, many people. Some people are unemployed. Some people have, have not been working for a while, but they're finding a way to still reach out and help others. And one of the ways that we ask people to help out, if you can't help financially, or if maybe you want to do both, is our Mission Hope Hygiene Drive. You know, this is a special time of year that we're going to gather up hygiene products that we use all during the year. We're serving about 800 people right now, and then we have outreaches where we'll serve thousands. And we like to give people treats, uh, little gifts of hygiene products and hygiene bags. So you go to caringplace.org slash missionhope, that's caringplace.org slash mission hope. You'll see where you can get purple bags sent to you. You can get one, two, three. If you have a group, an organization, a club, a school, you can get hundreds if you'd like. 
and we ask you to take those bags and then fill them up with hygiene products. Can you imagine not brushing your teeth or combing your hair, washing your face for any period of time? And we use these products every single day with so many people in our centers in Hollywood and Miami and then the gifts that we give out during the year. Uh, it's just a tremendous cost saving for us. I mean, I can't say it any simpler. You know, when people do that for us, they go through their, their cupboards. We're not looking for opened uh, products. We want things that are closed. And if you still have some, a lot of those little hotel items that you've gone out and little shampoos and, and conditioners and so on, if you haven't used them for a year or so, you're probably not going to use them. Those are a good way to recycle and repurpose those items. And so you take those bags, you fill them up. If there's a few, we'd like you to drop them by one of our many uh, drop-off centers. If you are doing a lot, a big one, we'll send you out flyers and we'll come pick those up. And we've had Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts group done at schools, uh, both private and public. We've had churches and organizations and faith organizations do this for us. And, uh, and we do. We will stack those up and use them all during the year. A tremendous cost savings and wherever we can save money. Of course, those money are for our programs, and like any other business and and nonprofits, uh, for many these are very lean times, and so we just uh, we are watching every penny that comes in. That's why your financial donation is so needed, and we're also watching for um, gifts. Now we have our volunteers are starting to come back a little bit. You know, the previous year in 2019 we had over 9,000 volunteers. In 2020, it dropped down to about 3,000 volunteers because people didn't want to come, number one, and number two, because of the protocols. But we are finding ways for people to become, uh, to volunteer. We're, st we're having volunteer meetings. We're doing them by teleconference, uh, doing it very safely. And then we're finding places in our centers where are isolated and, can, and really in our safe areas. You know, we're still looking for people to come and help us in our kitchen uh, with serving food and, and produce, making the food. And we also need people in our, our clerical work. We have a thrift store that we can use some help in. There's a different, lot of different areas. If you have a talent, uh, we can use your talent. We want to make sure that your volunteerism is meaningful. And by the way, when you participate in the Mission Hope Hygiene Drive, you are actually a volunteer because you're volunteering your time and your resources and, and driving the products to us and so on. So we count you as a volunteer, not just a donor. And uh, we have a few donors that have been coming to our administrative office and it is difficult. You know, we want to make sure when you come in, if you are going to volunteer, just like if you go to a doctor's office, you go anyplace else, you're going to go through the protocol. You have a checklist. Have you known anybody? Have you had COVID? You had to get your temperature checked and all that kind of stuff. And it's just an extra, extra barrier for people to come out. And yet people are still calling us are still signing up on our website saying they want to come and volunteer. And we want to open it up. Uh, precautiously. We want to open it up safely. And, uh, we have not had any outbreak. Uh, in our centers for quite a few months. Uh, we've had a couple staff that have turned positive, uh, but, it, it, but we've been very blessed. And we had a very hard time during uh, August, September, and October of last year where we had many of our residents um, got the virus and we had to work with the Miami-Dade Homeless Trust and the Broward Homeless Initiative Partnership to place them into hotel rooms and get them isolated and get them retested before they come back. And so we've, had, we've gone through that. We know how to do that. And because of that, also, we've had to kind of cut down on the number of people we can see, unfortunately. We can't have as many people in the dorms or in the bedrooms as we used to have. We have to uh, be very um, strategic, making sure that people are sleeping head to toe, that they still wearing their mask when they get up. It's, it's uh, 
quite uh, when you look at it, you say, "Wow, it's bizarre." That's uh, that's the word I was looking for, bizarre, uh, because you're like you're watching a movie or a Twilight Zone or some kind of science fiction. That's how our lives are feeling with this pandemic. You know, I'm seeing people wearing masks in cars. I'm seeing people walking on this on the road wearing masks, and and probably that will help some. But I'm thinking, is that how far we've gotten? You know, that we have to be so scared and so fearful. You know, we serve a mighty God, and this is a Christian organization. We're not foolish. We're not stupid. We're not going to do stupid things. But we, but we look beyond just the circumstances. We look to God for, for help and for, for provision and for his presence. This is a 99-year-old ministry, and, and the Lord has been faithful in all these, these almost 10 decades. And in fact, if you're a person right now that's going through something and you really have a place to turn to and you'd like to someone to pray for you and with you, you can go to our, our website at caringplace.org slash prayer. It's not normally put on our, our web pages, our home pages, and our Facebook or Twitter accounts, but you can go to caringplace.org slash prayer. I'm the only one that gets those prayer requests. I'll be happy to talk to you and call you and pray with you or have someone talk to you. If, if you're okay with that, you can write anonymous. Uh, we pray regularly in our centers, and then on the third Friday of every month, we have a special prayer time with all the staff. We're inviting others now, our donors and supporters. We're doing it through teleconference and through video conference, and uh, sometimes that's what we need. We need to know that others are thinking about us, and there's others that care about us and uh, looking looking out for us. You know, prayer can change things. Maybe not immediately, but at least it gives you a sense of, you know, someone is listening to me. So again, if you're in need of prayer, you can go to caringplace.org slash prayer. Well, tomorrow is a brand new month. It's exciting. Normally this time of year, we have our graduation service for all of our men and women that have gone through our program successfully. We are working towards doing that. Last year, we had to delay it and had to have a, uh, a Zoom conference, a video conference. It was bizarre, but it was great to see the, the graduates be honored. They wear full cap and gown. And they walk the stage and get their diploma for their accomplishments. Well, God bless you. Stay tuned right here on News Radio 610 WIOD for more Mission Possible. Well, once again, we're here where we get to talk to wonderful people in the community that are making a difference. I am so glad I have someone very special with us today, Dr. Richard Salzman. He is a periodontist in Cooper City. And he has been a friend to the hurting and the homeless through the Broward Outreach Centers, especially uh, for many, many, many years. So, uh, Dr. Richard, can I, should I say on air, Dr. Richard or Dr. Salzman, uh, we're so happy you're here. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure for me to be here. And, um, and uh, it's been a, a wonderful morning um, showing me around and... Uh, and I thank you guys for all that you do for the community. Well, you're no stranger uh, to the Broward Outreach Centers because many, many men that have had issues with their teeth, we'll just say it that way, um, and no place to go, you have over the years been a friend to take those people and say, let me work on the teeth and help that particular situation. Uh, first of all, maybe let's go back in time because you actually didn't start helping with helping with the teeth, but you actually started volunteering, I think, in another capacity. Tell us about that experience. Well, um, uh, initially I met um, Gabriel Destiny, who was um, 
the 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 chef and the bride community outreach center and he he was a patient of mine and that's how it started and we started talking and he told me what he was doing and i got very interested in in helping and uh, he welcomed me and i started helping in the kitchen mm-hmm. uh, on sundays with my wife and my two boys wow. and that's how it started Wow, and then over somewhere over the years, you said, "Wait a minute! I see people that come into the centers that have problems with their teeth, and uh, there's nowhere to take them. They don't seem to have, you know, any anybody to help them with that." And then you started reaching out. I remember uh, when Don Cotton was here. I think you had alliance with him. Uh, he was uh, one of our directors and the formal former graduate of the mission. And uh, through that uh, alliance, you started actually saying, send the ones to me that really are in need of having, you know, they have an abscess, uh, something is wrong, and I can take care of that. Yeah, we mainly see um, patients who are in dire need. If they have an abscess or toothache and they need immediate help, we we do our utmost uh, to help them. And um, the, the way I started getting involved, actually, is interesting. Um, that came really from my son. Mm. Um, Sebastian. Sebastian. So the way uh, things played out is Sebastian went to college, and he got into a lot of trouble. Mm. And uh, when he realized that he was heading in the wrong direction, he... Uh, embarked on a mission to redeem himself and and to to you know to alleviate all the pain that he had caused and he came up to me one day and he suggested would you be willing to treat the homeless who are wow. in pain and he I said no problem and he did all the uh, leg work he came to the mission he made the arrangements with Don, mm-hmm. and that's how the whole thing started. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he himself was in trouble, but the way that he was able to get out of that pit is start helping someone else. Exactly. I love that kind of story. And he's been on, on this path of redemption ever since, and he hasn't stopped. That's amazing. <laughs> and now it's a family affair. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know that over the years, um, I would say a couple hundred um, of the formerly homeless have been able to come to you, and you have been able to help them. And I know your lovely wife, she works in the business as well, and I've talked to her before. Uh, What's her first name? Martha. That's right. Uh, Martha. And uh, you all have such a good... A rapport, and I know when I talk on the phone, it, it just seems like I, I feel the compassion, I feel the love uh, that just comes from all of you. Well, we um, certainly are excited that you get to talk to us a little bit on this interview and let the, the community know that it is friends like you, friends in the community that come alongside our different centers and give different services like this of their, I call it your talent. You know, you can give of your time, you can give of your talent, or you can give of your treasure. Uh, Sometimes you can give two or all three of those. 
but you have given up your time and your talent to a really big degree because that actually equals treasure because that is a uh, finance that couldn't really be had. We really wouldn't have that uh, financial arm to be able to take care of our residents like that. And you have stood in the gap uh, to do that. Well, uh, Dr. Richard Salzman, you um, are a periodontist. You're in Cooper City. And if anybody would like to look you up, you have a website. And what is that website? It's www.drsalzman.com. And Salzman is spelled S-A-L-Z-M-A-N. N-N, two N's. Two N's. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we got to get the two N's in it's there. Okay. So Dr. Salzman with two N's dot com. So, you know, I myself, I like to support businesses that are giving back in the community uh, in some way. And so if you need dental care, I'm just going to say, you know, give Dr. Salzman uh, a call. And uh, he'll probably tell you more if he if he finds out you heard it on the radio, and you, and you tell him you came to him because of that. He'll probably tell you more of the story of how he's reached out to the Broward Outreach Centers. So, um, what would you say to others if they're thinking, "Gee, I would like to help someone, but I just don't know how, maybe to get started or to think how what I could do." Do you have any words of wisdom? Well. Um you, you know, I would tell them to, to pick up the phone and make the phone call, uh, get a new car and drive by them uh, to the mission and, and make the initial contact. And uh, the, the, the rewards that you get from giving back are tenfold, uh, you know, what, what, what you give. What, what you, you will receive tenfold what you give to the community because it is such a rewarding um, activity. Well, we actually saw somebody here um, at the Broward Outreach Centers today uh, that was one of your patients. She's a graduate. She is now giving back here, um, actually with her own volunteer time over at the Women's Center. And when you guys connected, it was like, oh, there's Dr. Salzman. He, he's the one that fixed my teeth for me. So it must make you feel good when you of hear course, that. Of course. It's very, very rewarding. Yes. Well, um, if you would like to give back in some way, we always say connect some way in the community. It might be another nonprofit organization, but of course we love our volunteers. You can always go to caringplace.org slash volunteer. Some people say, well, I don't really have a talent. Hey, everybody has a talent. Right now we're doing a hygiene push uh, to collect hygiene and even new uh, underwear for men, women, and children as we get ready for our different outreaches, uh, not only on the street, but for our residents that are in our programs. So um, may I say, Dr. Richard Salzman, can I thank you once again? I, I like to do it publicly. You know, I've done it behind the scenes, but I'd I like to do this publicly, and uh, this is a forum that we can do that. Uh, and so thank you. God bless you for all you've done. Thank you. You and your wife, Martha, and your uh, son, Sebastian, and I know even mm -hmm. your other son has, has been involved. So God bless you. Thank you so much. And don't touch that dial because we have more great talks uh, with others that will be coming up in just a moment. 
We'll be back. Leanne Navarro here, the Senior Community Development Associate for the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Center. I'm excited. We have on the line with us today, Frances Rodis, and uh, she is one of our wonderful volunteers. Welcome, Frances. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Oh, my God. I mean, I know we want to get together. I know we want to collaborate and bring some type of class to our uh, residents at the center in Hollywood. And I cannot wait uh, that we can plan something together about that. But in the meantime, we wanted to know a little bit more about you. Tell us, what is it that you do, Francis? Yes, so I've studied holistic medicine for over 20 years now. I am an acupuncture physician, but I've also added sound healing to my modality of healing. And sound healing is just a practice that's been around for many centuries and many cultures for healing the body's energy levels, the cells, cleaning up any um, disharmony, relaxing, stress, pain. There's been many benefits to using particular types of sound vibration, high-quality hertz vibration, and that's what I have been doing now with uh, some of my clients and having very beneficial benefits also for my own self-practice and healing. That is actually wonderful. Now, tell me more about, I know what we were trying to do with, with the sound uh, healing because, you know, all of our residents, when they come to the center, obviously they're struggling with so many things. I mean, we have people that come to us because of battling an addiction. We have people that just became homeless because they lost their jobs. We have people that were going through a depression. Uh, so how does that therapy sound healing would look like with our residents? Yes, that is very much what the sound healing will take care of. It's very good because when the vibrations go through the body, they tend to promote relaxation, circulation, energy flow, rejuvenation, and there's something about balancing the brain waves. So it activates a distress response in the body, so calming the nervous system, calming the fight or flight, relaxing the mind, all of these things, stress, uh, anything that we may be going through that's agitating the body, music and sound vibration has a very profound effect on our body's system. That's amazing. Mind you, I've never heard of it. I, I've never been uh, exposed to it. And I am very curious. I, I do believe that any efforts that we all can do in order to help individuals, you know, kind of like have a better life and have, you know, been more focused and have better goals in life. I mean, I'm all about that. So whatever whatever the way we, we make it there, that's, that's pretty cool. And uh, I know you've been studying the, all this for many years now. Uh, if our listeners are interested in, in learning more about Frances and, and what she's doing, how can, how can we find you, Frances? Yes, you can go to my website, aohmholisticmedicine.com. The AOHM sounds for, uh, stands for Alpha Omega Holistic Medicine. You can also find me on social media, the AOHM Wellness Address under Facebook. I have a group there. I also, my avatar is Elemental Goddess. And that is on my Instagram account. I provide free sound healing twice a month on the full moon and the new moon. So on those particular days, you can look on the calendar at 5 p.m. I go live and I play my magical instruments for everybody. I do have the sound bowls as well, which is a higher frequency. But the monochord is a stringed instrument, which provides a lot of de-stressing and a lot of vibrational therapy in the body. So they can check me out there. And also, they could always email me at Francis, F-R-A-N-C-E-S, at A-O-H-M, 
wellness.com. That all sounds terrific. And then the monocord, I know that's what we talked about. And I, I'm so curious. I really want to see it. I want to see you doing this. Uh, because again, I mean, it's all about how can it work? I know we do stretching exercises at the Hollywood Center through our education center. Uh, we do life skills. We do so many classes for our residents at the education center in both counties, Miami and, and Broward County. And, and the idea, again, is that the individual will come to us hopeless and, you know, not really having a way out at first, but then giving them all the tools. Thank you so much again, Francis Rodis, for joining us. I don't want to run out of time. Tell us one more time, how can we find you? Yes, you can go into my website, www.aohmwellness.com. You can find me on my Facebook page, AOHM Wellness, and on my Instagram, Elemental Goddess. Love it. Thank you so much, Francis. Looking forward to planning something together, to helping our residents. Much success in everything you're doing. Thank you again for joining us today. Yes, thank you. It was a pleasure being here, and I can't wait to connect with everybody soon. Once again, we're at that part in the program where we get to hear testimony, stories of changed life. And I'm here with Franklin, and he is going to tell his story. You know, I want everybody to know it's not easy uh, to tell your story. Um, but I have found that it not only helps the person who's telling it, but there's many listeners as they listen, they're thinking about their brother, their, their father, uh, someone in life. And maybe it's you yourself that needs to hear this story. So Franklin, thank you for being with us today. Hey, thank you, ma'am. How you doing, Ms. Bromit? I'm doing fantastic. And Franklin, we're going to go back in time. We're going to find out a little bit about maybe your childhood or your upbringing and eventually what led you to the mission. Yes, ma'am. Well, for starters, I was born here in Miami, Dade County at Jackson Hospital. Uh, by the age of 12, I was moved from Miami to Georgia to stay with my grandma. Cause my mom was going through whatever she was going through. I didn't know at the time. And during my youth growing up, I understood that things was going on that I couldn't understand quite clearly what it was. But then I knew I had some problems cause I started, um, doing all sorts of stuff that, that normal kids wouldn't do. I started acting out. So I started missing my mom. I knew that's what, that's what it was. I was missing my mom. My dad was never present in my life because he died when he was young, when I was young. Mm. Um, my mom was having such a hard time going with this person and that person. So she could, she wasn't never stable enough to have me and my sister in a part of her life. So she took us to stay with my grandma. And that was a challenge because I had to stay with my other cousins and other relatives. And it was a house full of people. Mm. I could never grasp what was going on with me. But so I started acting out. I started to, um, stealing, messing with people, property that, that didn't belong to me. And I end up in a lot of, uh, uh, YMDCs is what they used to call them back for the year, for the young people. Mm-hmm. So then they did an evaluation on me and found out that I was just really, uh, didn't get the, the, the education that I probably needed at the time. And they asked me what was going on. I was always telling them that I missed my mom. Mm-hmm. So with that saying, um, I just, Things spirit out of control. And from, from the age of 12 on up to 19, I started smoking reefer. That was my first choice of drug. 
Um, and then after that, I started drinking beer because it was easy in excess for me to get to it because mm-hmm. my grandmama was a bootlegger. So that I used wow. to sneak up and wake up in the morning and go in there and drink a beer. And then I started drinking alcohol, more heavier stuff like vodka and all different types of stuff, gin. And then from that point on, things really got out of control. Then that's when the crack epidemic came. Mm-hmm. And then I started smoking crack. But at, at first, I didn't like mm-hmm. it at mm-hmm. all. I didn't like it at all. Uh, they used to put their little holes in the cans, and, and and I didn't like it. So at that point, I left and, and left that alone and went to something else. And I just went to drinking again. And then eventually I ended up in a big city to where I was more... Uh, Introduce again to the crack mm-hmm. with the with the pipes with the oh, little wow. glass stem thing. Now, how many years would you say you was involved <sighs> in the heavy drugs? Uh, about, about twenty years. Ooh, yes, ma'am. It's even hard to for you to understand. Yes, ma'am. I, I just where did those twenty I, years go? Just wasted away. I couldn't. I could. I couldn't grasp why things was happening to me. Now, was you working in and out during that time? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So you weren't always on the street. No, I was. I was. I was like a functioning addict, where I would have jobs and and, yes. and continue my drug use. Okay, it's just that it always was a barrier it, to be able to go. It was always first. a problem, because yeah. at, at, at some point in time, I would end up in jail, incarcerated. We're gonna have to go to a break. But what? How did you find out about the Miami Rescue Mission? Oh, ma'am, it's amazing how I found out about the Miami Rescue Mission. Maybe we're going to come back after a break, and we're going to find out how you did. Please don't turn that dial. You're going to miss Franklin's testimony and story if you do. So we'll be back in just a moment. Well, we're back with Franklin. I promised you don't turn the dial. We'll only be, uh, you know, away of a moment. And so we're back. Franklin, you said you were 20 years, um, really had the crack habit, but you were a functioning addict and you had some amazing jobs, um, you know, during that time before you came to the mission. Let's talk about that for a moment. Yes, ma'am. I was working, uh, I had a nice job. This job I was working at, I was working in Pembroke and I was working at an Indian restaurant. That's the very first time I ever got introduced to some Indian people. Mm -hmm. Very nice guy. I stepped to him and he uh, told me, he said, I got a job. I said, yes. He said, I, I said, I need a job. He said, okay, I got a job for you. And I was just passing by. He brought me in. I filled out the application, um, the best of my knowledge, because I'm not really that smart, but I filled it out. He told me, wait for five minutes, and I come back, and came back five minutes later, and he gave me the job. I started the next day. Hmm. He wanted me to work the same day, but I started the next day. And I went in there, and I was working hard. So that that was the beginning of that job. And every day I went to work, I had no problems. I was on time and all of that. But it was something that was bothering me for some particular reason. And one day I was coming down from Pembroke and headed toward my home, and then something hit me. Then I got a phone call through my phone, and one of was one of my old friends that I used to get high with. He called me, and I told him, I said, well, I'm busy right now. Then he called me back again, and then I told him, I said, I'll be by there. So I I made that conscious decision to go over to his home, and then when I went over to his home, I decided that I made a decision that I wanted to get high. 
That was the worst decision I made in my life. Mm. After I was so clean for over a year and a half. And after that, it didn't take but that one night of, of, of pure sickness mm-hmm. that I couldn't get out of me. And I, and I, um, I got sick and I went to the hospital the next day. My mom asked me what was wrong with me. I wouldn't tell her because I was hiding something. And then after that, she took me to crisis. And then when I went to crisis, I left crisis and went to the hospital out there on the 27th Avenue at the mental hospital because they thought something was wrong with me. Then after that, I was led to the Miami Rescue Mission. And I know it wasn't nothing but the power of God that took me to the Miami Rescue Mission. When I went to the mission, I couldn't get in right then because I didn't know nothing about the mission. So really didn't nobody tell me about the mission, just except for the people at the mental hospital. Mm-hmm. And they told me, we got a place for you to go. And I knew that was God. And um, when I got, when I when I stayed there, I started to leave because I couldn't get in right away. And, and so you came was, just, in a way, you were coming for the food and the clothing, shower, yes, stuff like that. That's the emergency and, and part. And other things started to play part. You know, and um, I didn't I, I didn't know what I could think. I couldn't think straight. They say, you got to stay to it open. So I went up the street a little bit, sat on a couple of bus benches, and I decided, God said, come back to the mission. And I waited. And and it's, as a matter of fact, the same day that I came, it was on a holiday. They wasn't really letting nobody in. They told me I had to wait and see this guy named Marlo. And then when Marlo came, they decided to, to to break whatever rule they had and let me in. And I knew it was nothing but the power of God. God. And when they let me in, that been the most blessed day of my life. Ever since I've been at the mission, I've been having blessing after blessing. God been coming to me and coming to and me. And you said something amazing has happened to you in the education department. Yes, ma'am. I, I, I finally learned how to read and write. I couldn't I didn't know nothing when I got there. And God blessed me through the mission and through the air so that Mr. Ken and all the rest of the people that worked there. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. Yes, well, Franklin, I wish we could talk longer. I always wish this part was longer, but we enjoy your testimony. We know we're going to be praying for you. And I ask the listening audience, please play for Franklin and the many others that come to us. God bless you for sharing your story. Thank you, Mr. Brother. You know, that's so great to hear testimonies from our men and women that come through our programs. You know, for many of them, when they come through the door the, for the very first day, they are there for a meal, for a shower, and a place to stay. They, and a lot of times, if they're honest with you, they'll say, I didn't really plan to stay here. But what happens is, as they stay, they see we have a very compassionate staff and a great volunteer group. Uh, they see others that are doing well in the program. Sometimes they see people they knew on the streets or knew from other places, and they're, now they're progressing. And they start getting a small little glimmer, a small little glint in their eye saying, you know, I think I can do this. And things, and then they start seeing a future for themselves. And then they really start uh, helping to change their own life. You know, if you ever try to make changes in your life, you know, January comes and we have our January resolutions and what we're going to do. And we write down these lists. And then we look the next year and we have three or four on the same list or maybe the same list. It's difficult if you want to be able to get in better health and lose some weight and you want to get some exercise in or maybe you want to go back to school or you want to do something at the house remodeling. It's sometimes when you have vision and you want to have some goals uh, and you want change in your life, it is not hard. It's very difficult. And for many people that come off the streets, they've lost a lot of their skills that they've had. Now, they've developed new skills because when you're living on the street and surviving on the streets, you have new skills that you've developed. Uh, You are a survivor. 
But when you come in and you get back into population and society, uh, going back to school, trying to find out how to get a job, how to keep a job, how to deal with money now, finances where you just don't blow it in the day, you know, whatever you got that morning, you spent that afternoon, now you got to start planning how to deal with a budget, how to work, how to get a house or apartment that's an affordable for you. That's a big challenge. And so every year we have a graduation ceremony. We haven't set the date right now, but we want to honor the ones that went through our programs in 2020. And so we have it in the following year. Last year we had to delay it. We normally have it in March, but we had to delay it because of COVID. And we finally, after trial and error, set up a teleconference and a video conference where we did it in a very small arena. Normally, we would have three or 400 people come to these graduations, but we did it just with the graduates only and a few others. And we made sure that we videoed that out, put it on Facebook and YouTube and so on so family and friends could see it. And, and we're going to do that again this year. But we, we think it's important that those that work so hard to change their lives that are moving forward in, in their life, that are now changed completely and are actually helping others do the same, we want to honor them. And when we honor them, we put them in full cap and gown. It's just like they had a big university graduation. They'll get their diplomas and they'll walk the stage. And that's in the past, we've had family and friends there and you see a lot of tears. Now we don't have that. Uh, but I'm sure there's a lot of tears as their loved ones see the accomplishments of a person they might have given up on. You know, when you see homeless people on the streets, when you see them in, in intersections and you see them at restaurants begging for money, uh, you don't know their whole story. You don't know what happened in their life. You don't know the devastation. You don't know if it's drug addiction. You don't know what kind of home they came from. And it's pretty easy sometimes to stereotype the, home, the homeless and say, well, they, you know, if they can stand up there all day and beg, they can get a job. Or if she can come out here, why can't she get a job? Uh, oh, there's other help available. Why don't they go some, get some help? And you can get very jaded because you are working hard. You are saving. You're trying to do your best in life. But, you know, you could be in their shoes, too. It doesn't take much anymore, especially with the, the pandemic. You can see that yourself. You know, there's a great way you can help us. Uh, this is the last day of February. We, a whole month of February has been hard for the homeless. Uh, we have a special donation page. We would had our Valentine celebration where we had special gifts and cards and cakes and hugs uh, as close as we could at least uh, for the homeless men women and children in our centers and uh, we I want to end this on a good note you know it's been very hard for almost all nonprofits and a lot of businesses financially uh, we still want to keep our doors open still have the same level of, of services still be able to help those that are in great need and for two dollars and ten cents you can provide a hot nutritious meal so for twenty one dollars that's ten meals and this is our last day will you do will you do that will you go to caringplace.org slash heart and make a donation today someone's listening probably can do a thousand meals well god bless you you stay safe you stay healthy and you stay blessed and tune in next sunday right here on news radio 610 wiod for more mission possible this podcast was presented by the miami rescue mission broward outreach centers also known as the caring place www.caringplace.org don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 